Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was a uh, weird and wacky day at Queen's Park yesterday. Well, I guess that happens more often than not in the last little while anyway. Uh, we're going to get to some of the comments that the Premier made about our beloved city in uh, just a couple of minutes. But uh, also yesterday uh, at Queen's Park, Andrew Horvath, leader of the Ontario NDP and, of course, opposition leader in the uh, the legislature, uh, called on the government for action when it comes to hospital overcrowding. Now, she referenced uh, Jerevinsky Hospital uh, because, uh, well, they finally got some statistics out of this, which, uh, I, well, I think we need to talk about, quite frankly. Uh, Andrea Horvath joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Morning, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks, Bill. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, and I'm glad I am, because if I had to go into the hospital right now, I think we'd have some problems here in this city. I'm, I'm looking at some of the stats here from this uh, uh, request that you made. Uh, yeah. Doug Ford promised to end hallway medicine. How's that working out? Well, it's not working out so great so far. Uh, you know, we all know that the Liberals left health care kind of hanging by a string, but the problem is the Tories came in and they're cutting that string off. Uh, the bottom line is they're doing exactly what the Liberals did. They're underfunding our hospitals and our health care system, uh, and it's taking hallway medicine uh, from uh, from bad to worse. It's, it's quite quite frightening, and you know what that means, right? The horror stories that people share about their experiences in our hospitals are, are becoming, you know, worse. Uh, you know, people spending days on end in emergency wards with no dignity, with no privacy, you know, with no call bell for a nurse, with no private washrooms. Uh, the stories are uh, unbelievable. I mean, kids that are sick and, uh, you know, parents trying to co- comfort them while they wait for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end just to see that first visit with the doctor. I mean, it's just, it's horrifying. You know what they're going to have to do here? I, I'm looking at this. Jerevinsky, by the way, is at 110.8% uh, 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 occupancy. Uh, and the other ones are not too far behind. General's at 97%, uh, 83% for Mumsy. Uh, West Lincoln is at 90%. You know, the one thing they're probably going to have to do, Andrew, is put no vacancy signs like they do in the motels. Just say, don't even come here anymore because there's just no room for you. Well, I mean, uh, that's a serious problem. And, of course, we've seen how this plays out with the the ambulance service and the paramedics. And, of course, the union was raising the alarm bells uh, not so long ago about that issue about the hospitals uh, not being able to take the patients off of the um, off of the paramedics once they're there and so ambulances are stuck and we end up with the code zeros that we're getting which is frightening to know that there's not an ambulance available uh, at uh, at any given time in case an emergency occur i mean it, the whole system has completely fallen apart and again um, you know there's no doubt that the liberals did a lot of damage the problem is the Conservatives promised they were going to fix it. The Premier's, you know, talking out of his hat, saying it's going to be fixed by next summer. And, of course, everybody knows that that's not true. And, and when you look at what they've done, I mean, the Ontario Hospital Association, again, in this last budget cycle in the spring, asked the government uh, for, you know, almost $700 million, $685 million, uh, just to keep the broken system limping along. And just like the Liberals before them, the Conservatives shorted the, uh, the request by half. So they only funded, you know, about $360 million. I mean, it's just, it's not, you can't, it can't function that way. I mean, it, you know, we, we, the financial accountability officer pegs uh, health care interest rates, uh, like, you know, the, the um, not the interest rates, but the, uh, the inflation rates on health care to be about 4.3% annually. 
normal inflation is about 1.9. In fact, in the, gov- in the government's own budget, they pegged the projection for inflation rates at 1.9%, and then they proceeded to fund health care at 1.6% increase. Well, <laughs> if you're not even funding to inflationary pressures, um, you're, you're, it's a huge cut. I mean, it's not even frozen budgets. It's cut, the cut, cutting budgets, and that's, uh, of course, uh, something that's causing this situation to get worse. And, and you know, the people deserve so much better than that. Well, and, and we, we have to do this, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, because you can't look at this in isolation. I mean, and these are startling statistics, and this is bad enough when you start looking at, at, at the occupancy rates in hospitals themselves, uh, acute beds, and, and you go down the list of this. But it, it has an impact on everything else. As you mentioned, there's a, there's a big backlog now in emergency rooms, which means that ambulances are stuck, as you say. We just talked with Mario Posterero from from the, that union just a, a couple of days ago. Yeah. It, sadly, Andrea, we're talking about code zeros now as if it's the new normal. One is one too many, and we're having these on a pretty regular basis now. No, no, it's it's awful. It's frightening, and I mean, and, and the worrisome thing that uh, that I think makes this problem worse is we all know that there's an issue with ALC patients. Uh, not that it's their fault. It certainly is not their fault. Uh, but uh, the patients are. are stuck in hospitals because there's not a long-term not enough long-term care beds and we have a government that's announcing the same beds that the previous government announced and never built like in, in over a year what 16 months in office uh, the provincial government the new government the Ford government has only built 21 long-term care beds while the the rate uh, rather rather the wait list for long-term care in that same time frame grew by 2800 people waiting for long-term care uh, you know, even their plan for 15,000 new beds, which the FAO said is a good start, uh, first of all, that's if the beds actually get built. The, the Liberals promised 15,000 new beds. Those built beds never got built. The Conservatives are reannouncing the beds, uh, but, but you know, the, the, the beds actually have to come online. You can't just announce them and, you know, cut ribbons and repeat what the previous MPP that was a Liberal in your riding uh, did, the, you know, last time around. I mean, you have to get those beds beds built and to have the minister of long-term care suggest that it's going to take 36 months to get these beds built well shame on them if they've already been if thousands of them literally 5,000 of them have already been announced by the liberals uh, then you would think that they would be into a process that would have those beds built a lot sooner so I'm very very concerned Bill that things are just going to get worse and and uh, and our loved ones and ourselves are going to be in jeopardy and the and the people on the front lines you know whether it's a paramedic or or whether it's a nurse or a PSW or a doctor I mean they're running off their feet they're stressed to the max they're, well and that's that's, ha- that's an important they can. that's an important point I was talking to a general manager of one of those facilities a little while ago this was just after they reannounced one of those announcements again and and his first comment to me was where's the money for staffing you know, they're saying, okay, we're going to allocate another 40 beds, for instance, to that facility. If you don't have staffing for it, it's not much good to you because they, you know, people that are there, they're short-staffed already. you got a problem. No, I know. And on the long, in the long-term care sector, and, and you know, you, you would know this because the city uh, raised it uh, with the province. I mean, they've cu- they're cutting $34 million from long-term care over this next year. So when we have a long-term care system that's already imploding, right, where, where people aren't getting the hands-on care that they need, where we've heard horror stories from long-term care facilities in Hamilton and, and really around the province, you know, how can you cut $34 million from, uh, from those facilities that help our most vulnerable uh, loved ones in their final years to, to, to kind of live out their final years with some dignity? I mean, it's it's... 
I mean, it's it's just troubling, and and you know, this is what happens when a when a when a premier uh, gets elected who 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 refused to tell the people of Ontario what the plan was, right? I mean, he got elected with a blank check, and now he's um you know he's sticking it to uh to Ontarians and, and to people who are really really worried about the future of our healthcare system. It's it's the most important public service uh, that people um, identify regularly in polling and in, in questionnaires. What's the most important public services the government provides, and it's healthcare. So let's do something about that. Let's actually start making our healthcare system, uh, you know, be there for us when we need it, where we need it. Because what's happening in Hamilton, sadly, is happening in Sudbury, and it's happening in London, and it's happening in Ottawa, and it's happening in Timmins, and it's happening in Kenora, it's happening in Windsor. It's everywhere. Are you waiting for the other shoe to drop here uh, when it comes to, to, to the spending and what this government's doing? And, and the reason I'm asking, Andrea, is uh, is we both lived through uh, 20 years ago in the Common Sense mm-hmm. Revolution. Uh, and we saw hospitals close in, in that particular mm-hmm. situation, and, and they were in crisis mode even back then. Uh, yeah. Some of those same people that were involved in those decisions with the Harris government are on this special panel that Doug Ford has put together. And, and, and I, I've talked to a number of administrators and people in senior management positions, and they're very concerned about this, that we may see that, because this is a government, as you well know, that is obsessed with the bottom line. Uh, not necessarily about quality of service, but the bottom line. And uh, if that's the case, uh, who knows what's going to happen next? Oh, you're right. I mean, they are absolutely uh, following the same playbook. Uh, and that playbook led in the Harris government to the closure of 26 hospitals and the laying off of 6,000 nurses. That's what the Harris government did. And you're, and these, it's the same players. It's the exact same uh, advisors and it, it's the playbook. I mean, it's exactly what conservatives always do. And it's, it's interesting that you asked that question uh, today or you, you put that out there today because today's the fall economic statement. Yeah. So we're going to see what happens. It's kind of like the fall mini budget update uh, and the government's going to, uh, you know, uh, Rod Phillips, the new finance minister is going to, uh, you know, kind of lay out the roadmap of what the next uh, number of months are going to be like and, and where the deficit is and, and how, um, you know, how they're going to try to do what they're, as you said, very obsessed with, which is uh, to get rid of the deficit regardless of how much pain it causes uh, families and communities. And you know what? If you're a high-income person, if you make a really great salary and you're, uh, you're doing really, really well, then you don't have to worry about any of this stuff because you can go buy your health care uh, somewhere else. Uh, but for everyday families and for the vast majority of Ontarians and Hamiltonians, hardworking folks uh, that uh, that deserve to have you know decent health care, those are the, the the people that are going to feel the brunt brunt of it, right? Those are the people whose health care is going to continue to erode. Those are the people whose kids are not going to get the quality of education they deserve. Uh, those are the ki- people whose uh, you know loved ones and family members are not going to be able to get uh, access to long-term care, and that that uh, you know that's going to cause challenges and difficulties for families who are trying to do do right by their loved ones. I mean, the whole thing is is uh, very, very troubling, but it's that's who conservatives govern for. They govern for uh, the few, uh, and the, the rest of us are left uh, to our own devices. All right. All right I'm going to do this in the next segment, but since I've got you here and you were there yesterday, I want to get your comment about uh, some of the comments that the Premier made yesterday. Uh, I've known you for a long time. You're a proud Hamiltonian. Uh, and But the problem here, Andrea, is apparently, according to the Premier, you're one of those socialists that's destroying Hamilton. Oh, how outrageous. I mean, really, I was so insulted, and every single Hamiltonian uh, should be insulted by the behavior of this Premier. I mean, it's bad enough that someone who is the Premier of Ontario calls any community uh, destroyed. Do you know what I mean? That that speaks with such pejorative terms about any community. That a Premier would do that is I mean, it's it's just outrageous. 
but you know, for him to say that about our community, our community is doing great. Hamilton is a great city. I call it the city with a soul. We are an amazing community. Uh, we take care of one another. We have each other's backs. Uh, and when things, you know, when things are, uh, are not looking great, we we pull together and we help uh, people in need. And uh, things, you know, have been turning around, which is great in many ways. We still know that there are issues, you know, with things like uh, homelessness and uh, an inability for people to find affordable housing uh, and those those pieces. And we don't walk away from that stuff. We 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 take you know we take responsibility of it. We stare it down and we try to fix it. Uh, and so for the premier to say these kinds of things is uh, is absolutely you know disgusting and he owes the people of Hamilton an apology that's what he does he owes the people of Hamilton an apology and he should be helping by you know funding our schools better and by funding our hospitals better and by helping us build more affordable housing uh, not by by acting in such a petty way and and hurling insults because unfortunately that's all he knows how to do well and uns- unsubstantiated accusations and and you know taking credit for things that really they had nothing at all to do with uh, and we know that this is a city that has some major challenges, uh, but we've you no. Know, let's face it. I mean, the, the statistics are right here. I mean, you know, this is a city now that's considered to be one of the best cities in Canada in which to invest. This is a city that's seen growth. It's got the most diverse economy in the in the nation right now of any yeah. other city. On and on it goes. But so, so yeah. to use to use a word like destroyed is uh, if he just wants to say, hey, I don't like the fact that you guys don't elect my party. So that's one thing I can see that, uh-huh. uh, exactly. and, which I think is at the root of this whole thing. But it's to, oh, to, to, to suggest that we're on our last legs right now is, is was, well, I'm sorry, it's, it's total crap to, to well, even I mean, suggest it, something it, it, like that. Exactly, and it's, it shows how ignorant he is of the reality of what's happening in Hamilton. And 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 again, I mean, it, he can't he can't get up on one hand and and you know take credit for the jobs that are be, being created in our city, and then turn around and say our city's destroyed. Well, which one is it, Mr. Premier? So it just shows that the uh, unfortunately the nature of this premier is uh, is one that's not about facts and not about uh, uh, you know about uh, helping out communities and not about you know being um, you know having that dignity of office that you would expect from a premier, uh, you know, quite the opposite, uh, quite the opposite. But unfortunately, he's got the power uh, that, um, you know, that uh, enables him to make life harder for folks instead of using that power to make life better for folks. Yeah, but here's the thing. This is the same guy that 24 hours before that said that he's never seen the country more split up and, and, you know, we've got to do something to unify this. Uh, Really? That, That lasted about 45 minutes. No, exactly, exactly. He's. It's. I. I made a comment yesterday. It's. It's like the. You know, asking the divider in chief to somehow be the person that's going to help uh, with unity. It doesn't make any sense. So he's. He's. His whole mo is about uh, pitting people against each other, creating chaos, uh, creating division. Uh, and so, I mean, the, I think the other, you know, issue around that. Um, that you know, salvo that he put out there that he's going to help uh, unify the country is that he used it for a fundraising pitch. Like he used it to shake down uh, people for a toonie. <laughs> that's, so he, he put out a big fundraising, I don't know if you know, there's a big oh, fundraising yeah, yeah, I saw the uh, request, right? I mean, and, and that just, it just sullies the whole sentiment in the first place. I mean, it's, it's, really, um, it's really, it continues to be a big disappointment uh, the way this premier um, behaves and, uh, and his priorities. Andrew Horvath, uh, opposition leader, of course, uh, going to be a rollicking time at uh, Queen's Park over the next couple of days. Thanks for the time today, Andrea. Well, thanks, Bill, and I'm going to go back to my weird and wacky world, as you described. <laughs> there you go. In the send-off or in the beginning. Okay, <laughs> okay. Try, not to, care, try not to Have destroy anything else today, okay? <laughs> I'll try not to. You too. <laughs> Andrea Horvath. <laughs> 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.